Let's mother hacking do this. <laughs> All right, you guys, hello and welcome to another episode of Fierce Freedom Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Alexandra, yours truly from Instagram, you know. Anyways, hi, hello, happy you're here, happy you're back. Welcome if you're new. Um, If you also, if you hear a weird noise, it's because I just moved into a new apartment. Um, Tried to use my dishwasher for the first time, put too much dishwasher detergent in it, I guess, and it's, um, flooding everywhere suds are going everywhere but anyways i am so freaking excited to bring you guys this episode today um this episode is with someone very special to me very near and dear to my heart and her name is lucy (laughs) she is a past client of mine um and the reason that i wanted to have her on today is because of the transformation that i saw happen like it's like i blinked my eyes and this girl transformed overnight from Lucy who was so afraid of food and in control or food was controlling her to Lucy who lives the freest life and is so free from food rules and the rules of diet culture and all of that so let me give you a little backstory if you're unfamiliar I run a program called fierce to freedom and I have only launched it twice because really those two launches have been me really honing in on what I want fears to freedom to be. And so since the first launch, which was back last December, 2019, I've been meticulously working at perfecting this or not perfecting because I don't believe in perfection, but creating what I really want this to be. So fears to freedom is my group program, helping you find freedom in life, but mostly we focus on food freedom. Um, it's, here to help you live a life that is not controlled by food or your body and here to help you love yourself and Lucy and I so Lucy and I started working together in December of 2019 and she was part of the first round of fierce to freedom and I wanted to have her on because the transformation that she had was just so 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 beautiful to see her find this freedom and the fact that I got to be a part of it and the fact that something like I always say Lucy's my greatest testimonial and I don't mean that I did the work for her. I'm just like she committed so hard to the process of finding freedom and I am just it brings me to tears to think that like oh my goodness I could help someone find this type of freedom and just like I mean all the credit goes to her but the fact that like I got to help this transformation just like makes me feel so 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 honored and just so purposeful and so like for a while I just doubted myself doubting that I could help people and then to see Lucy shine so brightly I mean I just it brings tears to my eyes it warms my heart and I really just want you guys to know that if you're struggling with food in any way shape or form like not just having a diagnosed eating disorder but if you are stuck in diet culture or if you're stuck always thinking about food and calories in your body or stressing over your meals and having too many carbs, too much sugar. Oh my goodness. Did I already eat too much today? Like that is not normal or it's not supposed to be normal yet. Society has somehow made it feel normal. And I want you to know that there is freedom from that. There is so much freedom and Lucy has found it. Lucy has found 
the freest life. And I just want you guys to hear a little bit more about her story because I want you to know that it is so, so, so possible for you. I mean, like I share my story, but ugh, just seeing the transformation within Lucy has been the most beautiful thing of, of my life. Honestly, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of it. And also with that being said, I am finally relaunching fears to freedom. So when this episode comes out, fears to freedom, my group program will be launching again. And I'm so excited to give you a community. I think there's so much power in community of having people that understand what you are going through and understand, you know, and having someone who's been through it, like me there, I'm not saying like, hi, I'm your teacher, I'm your leader, like whatever, but I've been through it. So I know exactly what it's like to to be where you are, to be struggling with food and your body and yourself and self-love and all of that and just want freedom from it. So I am relaunching Fierce to Freedom. I will leave a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about it and apply. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Lucy. Okay, so before we get into this, I just want to apologize for the audio at the beginning. I mean, the audio throughout it isn't the greatest, but I didn't have Wi-Fi, so it just really recorded really weird when we were like over the call. Um, so at first it's a little choppy. It does get better. So stick with me, stick with us. It's a great episode. Okay. Now let's get into it. All right. Hello you guys. And welcome back to another episode of Fierce Freedom Radio. Today I'm so excited because I have on the podcast, a very special guest. Her name is Lucy and she's actually one of my past clients. So Lucy and I worked together for I think it was like, what, six months? Six months, maybe. Yes. And honestly, I wanted to have her on the podcast because I've never seen someone transform the way that Lucy did. Um, I remember our first call together when it was before we started working together. It was to see if we were like a good fit. She was really struggling with her eating disorder. And I remember vividly, she looked at me and she said, do your clients get good results? And I, I was like, yeah, I think so. I think they do. And fast forward six months later of helping her just, or even more than six months, because we haven't worked together for a few months now, but I wanted to have her on the podcast because she is like, not, I'm not going to say like my greatest testimonial, but like, so I take so much, not that I take so much pride, but I'm just so proud of the work that she did because she chose to heal herself and she show, she chose to show up for herself. And I have never seen someone grow like I've seen Lucy grow. And I just want, I just think hearing her story and hearing more of our work together and stuff like that um, is going to be super helpful for anyone else struggling. So without further ado, here is Lucy. Would you like to say a little bit about who you are, what you do, all of that? Hi, I'm Lucy. I'm Lucy underscore layers on Instagram. And I recently also am an author of The Joss of Becoming. And I have been almost fully recovered for about two months now. And this year has been just such a transformative year for me. Is when I started working with Allie in January, I was at such a crossroads of I wanted recovery and was trying to go through emotions of it, but I didn't know how to get there. And I'm just so glad to be where I am now. So I want to get into, first of all, 
just like a little background of your story struggling with an eating disorder. So how old are you now? I'm 20. 20. So how old were you when your disorder really started? Um, I never know because I was kind of a really anxious kid. I always struggled to eat lunch at school because I hated eating in front of others. And things really started to become, I guess, a full-fledged eating disorder when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced to the gym for the first time. So it started with being introduced to the gym. Yeah. At 13. And then where do you feel like, how do you feel like it really spiraled from there? Because I have a similar story of, it, it's like when people ask you, when did it start? It's like, you never really know. Because then with hindsight 2020, you're looking back at like all these little patterns and behaviors that mm-hmm. added up and manifested itself into an eating disorder. So at 13, you're introduced to the gym. And then what happened? Without meaning to because I was already struggling to eat at school because of social anxiety and then adding the gym it just created the opportunity for my body to start losing weight and then it was that trigger of losing weight that just made me want to lose more Mm -hmm. and then at 14 so my freshman year of high school I um joined a cross-country team And from there, it really, that was when people really started to notice and get worried and ask questions. And so you have been to treatment. Yes. So I want to just like back up a little to before working with me. So you were 19 and I think it was, the October before you started working with me that you had got out of treatment, right? So I want to talk about, you know, that last time in treatment and then that transition period of like being in treatment and being like in your eating disorder to then us starting to work to work together and the way you've transformed. So where were you, you know, what would you say like mentally and how you're struggling with food and everything? Like before we started working together, where do you think you were like, how would you describe where you were with and your eating disorder and all of that? Even though I was definitely significantly struggling, I was actually the best place I'd been in a long time mm-hmm. because my, when I discharged from treatment in October, that was the only discharge I had that I actually felt ready to go into the real world. I felt ready to hold myself accountable because before that I would use any opportunity I could to use my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I, the past, year before that I went in and out of treatment because like I didn't want to recover. And then finally by October of 2019, I didn't want to recover. And but when I was out of so where I could complete, I could try to complete my meal plan and eat enough to sustain, but I wasn't really living. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to, you know, be with my friends in a way I would always had part of my eating disorder with me. And um, that's what I've noticed the most change from working Mm -hmm. together. So 
your eating disorder, was it, I mean, it manifests itself in so many ways, but you know, like anorexia, orthorexia, what do you feel like you struggled with the most when it came to food? Probably anorexia. I did struggle with orthorexia here and there, but there was some points that it was just, it didn't matter like the health of the food. It was just purely about, there were some points where it was just purely about numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about orthorexia more because I know that's something that we did work on together. And like, it was something that in my past I had struggled with too. And how, like, how did you, how do you feel like you fell into more orthorexic tendencies? And if you're not familiar with what like orthorexia is, it's the obsession with health and it gets kind of like tossed under the rug and not really even described as an eating disorder. It like a love for health becomes so disordered and a lot of people don't realize it. And a lot of girls are living within that. So how do you feel like you got swept into that too? For me, I feel like I got swept into it when I started um, like joining the recovery social media when I was like 14, 15 and saw that a lot of people in recovery ate like really pretty like fruit bowls and things like that. And I was like, okay, so this must be the way to recover. Did I, it made me feel better that maybe I could recover and still have health and still be healthy. And it seemed, so every time I would start recovering, I would always just veer into orthorexia and not reach actual recovery, but I would find orthorexia, orthorexia too frustrating and I just end up going back to anorexia. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. Whoa. That's the thing too, is like orthorexia is just this other or being obsessed with health. It's just this other way of an eating disorder kind of holding your hand still. It's this safe place of, you know, like you thinking you're walking towards your freedom, but really your eating disorder has this little grip of like, you know, you're, you're still pleasing the disorder by saying, Oh, well, I, 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 I'm choosing the salad while all my friends are getting pizza or I am choosing the apple while all my friends are eating cookies, like whatever it is. Um, and so it gets, it, it doesn't get disguised as, or it doesn't get shown as a a problem. It it gets disguised as this genuine love for health. And there's this thing where like, yeah, you can love health, but it's also the point of sometimes that takes over your life. So when did you kind of notice that it was more like you were struggling more with like the orthorexic tendencies, like when was it, you know, those moments when, like you said, you get to go do those things, but you're not really present for them. Like, when did you start realizing yourself, like, struggling more with that? Um, I remember the first time was when I went to a youth group event when I was a freshman in high school, and there was pizza there. And I just remember telling my dad, like, we have to go home because there was no way I could even be in the same room as a piece of pizza. And that was when I realized like it was a problem, but it was kind of written off for a lot of years because kind of like, as long as you're eating, it doesn't matter what you're eating Mm -hmm. type of thing. And then my last day in treatment, um, I started to really be challenged on 
it, that I couldn't always have the same breakfast every day. And mm-hmm. I had to vary things up. And that was one of the first times I started starting to explore, like, maybe what real and actual recovery is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the times we fall into these safe patterns with food again, and it doesn't even have to be like safe foods, but even safe patterns of having the same breakfast every day, having the same lunch every day, having the same dinner, having whatever, like having these safe snacks. And we don't even recognize it as a problem because, oh, I'm eating and I'm eating enough, but we have, we build up these behaviors around food that are actually more disordered than they are healthy, even if it seems like, oh, this is healthy and this is fine. Yes, that's, that's kind of what happened, especially in treatment when I was getting increased meal plans. I was just trying to think of how can I fit things in rather than how can I like actually challenge my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So October 2019, you get discharged from treatment. You're finally feeling like, okay, I need to recover, right? Like you're like, I need to do something for myself. We didn't start working together until I think it was December. That was when our first like call was the end of December of 2019. Um, so what led you to saying, okay, okay, I need some more support. I need like to actually heal my relationship with food. So this is kind of a funny story. My um, therapist was pregnant at the time. And she kept saying that I'm going on maternity leave soon. You have to um, get a recovery coach. And I kind of was like, man, I'll be fine. I'm not getting a recovery coach. And then um, I re- I just stopped because I had been following Allie on Instagram to put my name on a waiting list for um, a recovery coach. And I was like, I need a recovery coach anyways. I love Allie's Instagram. And we had DM, DM'd in her DMs. It always helped me. So, and it just happened that by the time we had got our first call, I was just so done with the ha- living a partial life in an eating disorder. And I knew, like, I was capable of recovery. I just felt like I needed more support with it. And also when... I discharged from treatment in October. They basically told me that going back to my eating disorder wasn't an option. That if I had got, if I went back one more time, the chances of me dying from my eating disorder were very high. So I was like, I want, I was like, if I have to recover, I want to make sure I do it all the way. I don't want like any half-life with an eating disorder. So I literally watched you go from the girl like there were so many moments I remember when you were like there's thin mints but like I I have this safe snack that I want like but there's thin mints in the house and I watched you go from the girl who was so afraid to eat thin mints for a snack or who was so afraid to even get peanut butter on her acai bowl was so afraid of all these little things or was so stuck in having the specific type of bread that she always got at the store or having the specific type of fruit that you always ate with breakfast. I watched you begin as that girl, and I watched you transform into a whole different Lucy who literally has peanut butter on, on her acai bowl whenever she wants peanut butter on her acai bowl, who started going out for meals with her family, who's had that, oh my goodness, the moment that you had that milkshake with your mom, I'll always remember. Like, I watched you go from this girl who was living this 
strict and structured life around food because your life was more centered around food to this girl. I don't, I feel like I blinked and it happened to this girl who literally has so much freedom and just like eats pizza with her family or does like whatever around food. And I just remember there was so many moments. I just watched you grow so much. And so I think that there are a lot of people, even if you're listening to this right now and you don't relate to having an eating disorder, but you are strict and structured with food or your days do you're constantly thinking about food. You're constantly thinking about, oh my goodness, there's thin mints, but I should have an apple instead. There are so many people who are stuck in that strict routine and the structure around food that they don't realize like their life is actually pretty small because of that too. And I watched you go from a girl that had a small life to this girl who just lives freely and happily and who shines so brightly. And I think one of the biggest things that we can both agree on from both walking this journey is seeing how much room you make in your life for other things, like how much bigger and better your life gets once you stop, like once food stops controlling you. So I, like I said, watched you go from that girl who was living this life that was controlled by food to this girl that is so free. And I just want to talk about like, how did like what were the biggest things from our work together that kind of helped you? Because I think just like talking about what actually helped you is, can help, you know, these other, anyone else listening to this who is struggling with our relationship with food right now. Like how did you get to that point and what were the biggest things that kind of stuck out to you that helped you get there? Like when you think of our work together, like what were like the things that like really stuck out? Because I'm, I'm just like, so one, the biggest thing for me is that you are committed. So you were very committed. So you did this work. So I just want to like take a second and be proud of you for that. But like, what were the things that really helped push you along? I remember one of our first um, meetings together, you told me that I would never get full full fruit freedom unless I really just started following completely. I've held on to that the only way out is through and I just learned that if I want that no one can make me do it for me and I just had to kind of start and see and go in blind and see and the more I started challenging myself the more I started really committing to it and saying yes even when I was scared like saying yes to the pizza with my family even if I was nervous about it the more I started feeling freer and that's the only, and I yes, my eating disorder was going to be loud sometimes, but the more I fought, fought it, it was like the wire that you said, like the wire. Oh my God. I, I love the wire. I, um, where that the, the wire will fray. And now I can go to a restaurant and I don't even see the calories on the menu. And it's just so cool for me to watch that happen and watch my, as my recovery did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the wire, I want to talk about the wire example because everyone probably is like, what the heck is that? I always tell my clients this is like when you are struggling with food, um, it's like think of like an iPhone wire, like the charger, right? And it's like, I have to have, I have it like right here. And it's like, it works perfectly. So you and your disordered relationship 
with food or like you are so ingrained in diet culture. And the more you start to like break yourself out of diet culture, like the wire becomes frayed and like it doesn't work as well. It doesn't charge your phone as well, right? So like that's you stepping away from diet culture. And there will be times where you feel completely free and then like the wire is broken and won't charge your phone anymore. And all of a sudden you move that phone charger in this weird way and it charges your phone again. And so that's how like you feel like, oh my God, I've had such a good week with food. And then you have this moment of food guilt or, you know, restricting or whatever it may be. That's like the wire. That's like one thing I say to my clients is like one day that wire will just, it won't be frayed anymore where there's little sparks where it works again. And like diet culture does get to you or whatever it may be one day that wire is going to completely break. And that's kind of the analogy I use for like finding total food freedom with my clients is that like one day that wire will break. And so that's what you're talking about is how like it, you watch that happen too. And it's like one thing we work together on is like feeling that compassion for yourself when the wire sparked again, like, Oh my goodness, I should, I remember one thing you would always say is like, I felt like I should be further than this. I felt like I should be, not obsessing over this calorie or I should be here. And it's like, it's okay that while you were, well, your wire was frayed, it wasn't broken yet. And it's okay that it charged that phone again, but it will break. And so acknowledging that like this isn't linear and there will be times where an old mindset or an old pattern pops up and like, that's okay. Like loving yourself through it, knowing that the wire is frayed and it one day will break. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing I realized about my, uh, and I just wrote, did a post about this the other day, is that there's a difference between showing compassion for yourself and letting yourself slip back into the eating disorder that I realized, like, yes, I do have this food guilt, and I'm still going to go down and have, um, the and go out for ice cream because I said I was going to go out. That mm-hmm. kind of breaking associations between um, feeling my feelings and taking it out through my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. That is a huge thing too, is feeling your feelings and not taking it out. And I think, or taking it out through food. And one thing that we really worked on together, which I think, or like I saw that stuck with you is rewriting your narrative. Mm I, I still, I love that. Like, I literally feel like I rewrote my own narrative through, through recovery because I felt like my story, I was writing the same page in my book over and over again. Like by having my eating disorder, my life for almost seven years looked the exact same. Mm-hmm. And, but then by, when I chose recovery, all of a sudden my life became so much more dynamic and it was something that I never expected like I was never told like what recovery would look like when going into it and even if I was told I wouldn't have believed that recovery actually looked like this and it's not just rewriting the narrative it's rewriting the thoughts about everything it's like things that I thought mattered so much and we're under like such a magnifying glass, I stepped out and saw like the whole world for what it is instead of living under this one spot. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like in a bubble of food in your body, it's like once you step away and rewrite the narrative for yourself, like life becomes so much more 
free and so much more just like open and there's so much more opportunities to meet people and do things and whatever it may be. And so when I say like rewriting the narrative, that's one thing that Lucy and I kind of like heavily worked on or touched on together is like, you have the power within you to rewrite your story, your story. Like if you just keep looking down memory lane and Mm -hmm. referring to yourself right now as who you've always known yourself to be. So if you've always been the girl that struggles with food and you keep looking at your past to tell you who you are, then your future is going to look like the girl who struggles with food. And that's one thing that Lucy and I worked on is instead of looking at the past and allowing it to be your present and your future, look at your past for your past and start rewriting the narrative for your present self, like rewrite your story, create your story and walk that path to a new future self. And I think even just like visualizing your future self and who you want to be helps you walk towards that. And so I know that like what with, within our work together, always talking about rewriting the narrative. And I think that's something that can be so helpful for other people as well. And for me, I always looked at how do I want to show up? Like not how am I showing up right now, but how like going into a, food challenge thinking, how do I want this to be? Like, how how do I want to feel about this helped me a lot. And one thing that I realized when I rewrote my narrative is I look back at my past now, and I don't feel any of that nostalgia or anything I felt towards it when I was in my eating disorder. Like, I don't see an old picture of myself in a smaller body and think, like, oh, I wish I had that. I... I really look back and I think I wish I could just give this girl a hug and tell her to choose recovery and that everything will be so much better when she does it. That living in a small body isn't worth it for a small life. And that, like this, hearing all of this just like warms my heart. It just makes me so happy because when I say you are my greatest testimonial, I don't mean like I did this work for you. I mean that like I, we would hop on a call and you would talk about a problem that you were facing or anything. And I would give you like one little piece of advice and you just took it full throttle and you just embraced what recovery was. And it did not mean that you did not have hard moments. Cause I remember moments where you doubted yourself heavily, where you thought you couldn't do it or where you were reminiscing on old, your old body or your sick self or your days in your eating disorder. But just because those thoughts were there, you continued to fight through them and you continue to walk to the other side and you put rewriting your narrative into action. And that's what, as I realized it wasn't enough to just read about recovery or see other people's recoveries passively, that I had to go out and do it. And that's what helped me was taking your advice and doing it right away because I kept thinking I applied the same approach to recovery as I applied to schoolwork, maybe I would actually get somewhere. And it was so cool to see that happen. Mm -hmm. It was like, for me, so cool to watch it happen, watch you like really rewrite your narrative. Um, Because I, I just vividly remember these, our first initial calls and like the times where I would get you know, a text of you struggling to eat night snack or whatever it may be. And it's like, it transformed so, so quickly because you chose yourself and you chose that you deserve 
a life that's not controlled by food in any way, shape, or form. And again, I always emphasize this to anyone listening, to any of my followers, anyone like that who doesn't have like a quote-unquote diagnosed eating disorder, if you are being controlled by food in any way, if your mind is bogged down by thoughts of calories or food or your body in any way, that is not a life of freedom and you deserve a life of freedom. And I literally like watched you like run. I was going to say I watched you walk towards it, but I watched you like sprint towards that. I remember my dietitian saying when I started working with you, she had never seen such a mindset shift in me. That someone who had, she started, my dietitian started working with me in the last part of my senior year in high school, so in 2018. And I, and she had seen me like through so much. But then when I started working with you, I really started to embrace recovery in such a different way because I really started to see that recovering is so much more than just like eating and recovery doesn't have to be a chore. It's truly living. What do you think like really made you realize that though? When I started to start seeing the benefits of recovery, I remember being... I remember admitting to treatment um, before I discharged in October and July and feeling frustrated because it had been a hell of a year. I had been in and out, and I was like, okay, this is going to be the time I do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but – and I started actually, like, participating in group but sleeping through it and doing everything differently. And then I started, especially when I started working with you months later, seeing the benefits of I was able to show up for my friends. I was able to go up to coffee with them and focus on them and not focus on um, the food. And I remember my friends saying, like, isn't it cool we're acting? This is the first time I've been friends with you for five years, and this is the first time we've actually eaten together. And it was, like, little moments like that that really warmed my heart. It made me realize that, like, my, the life my eating disorder had me living wasn't a life. And even if it was functional, that I deserve more than functional. Which eating, exactly. disorders, eating disorders are never functional. But I think people have such a misconception that an eating disorder is only detrimental if it's detrimental to your health or if it's almost killing you. Mm-hmm. And I realized that eating disorders are detrimental also because they rob you of your life. And like, I didn't want to spend my life obsessed with food and having clothes like to wear that I could never, that I would only wear around my house because I was afraid to go out with my friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's too of like, cause I know a lot of my listeners struggle more with like the aspect of food freedom in the sense that they're obsessed with health. So I know, like, I have both aspects of, you know, listeners who struggle with something like anorexia, who have been to treatment. And then we have the girls who are really struggling just with, and I don't say just, but, like, they think it's, oh, I'm just struggling because I'm wrapped up in, like, health. And I'm struggling because I feel guilty after I eat pizza or because... I need to, I feel the need to restrict or I, I feel the need to eat less. So I know I'm going out for drinks with my friends and 
people don't see that as a problem. People, a lot of people get it in their head of like, okay, this is just me being healthy. Like, but so many girls are living in the fear of weight gain, living inside this fear of weight gain, living inside of this fear of what's going to happen to their body if they do have, you know, the pastry at the coffee shop with their friends, or if they do say yes to pizza. And I have just seen you grow into such a more free, like such a freer life now that you said that is not fully living. It is not fully living to say, I'm only going out to pizza with my friends if I didn't eat a certain amount of calories today. I'm only doing this if I restrict before. I'm only having ice cream because I didn't eat any sugar all day to prepare for it. All those things. That is not freedom. And it's easy to convince yourself of like, oh, my relationship with food is fine. Like I'm, I'm living. But are you actually living? And I saw you go from that girl who was, like you said, functional, but not really living. And so recognizing that you deserve a full life is just like, and, and seeing you live it has been the coolest thing. And it's been a coolest thing to think that someone who was called at one point in time, like the chronic patient, the patient who wasn't just spend your entire life in treatment. And that's what some professionals saw my future as be what, um, that I've done so much more than just stay out of treatment. I, I built such a better life for myself and, and realized like every good thing that's come in my life has come because of food freedom and has come because of recovery. And I loved how Allie made it seem like recovery was so much, it's so much more than just recovery. It's tr it truly is finding freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like always, because recovery, if you're in an eating disorder, recovery seems like the scariest thing in the world. But if you paint this beautiful picture of what freedom could be and what it means, then that is something you want to step towards. That is something that you, it, it gives you the motivation to step towards actually having that freedom. And one thing I do want to talk about is now that you feel like you have full, full food freedom, I just stuttered so bad, full food freedom. How do you feel, like, how has your life changed? My life has changed so much. Um, like, I pretty much, besides being able to go out um, and get pizza with my family and all of that, it's changed in the fact that I'm able to have, like, such normal conversations with my friends that are so beyond, like, my treatment or my recovery or – and really, I just feel like a normal person, and I, it, which is weird that I used to fear feeling normal so much, and now I think it's, like, the best thing ever. My – um. Food freedom was allowed, what allowed me to like, gain the insight to write a book and be like, I want to show everyone what I've been through and help other people reach this because I realized that how possible it was. It's what inspired me to start showing up on Instagram in a way I do and start really putting myself out there was because um, and it's so much better better than anything I could have imagined and actually after coming off a two-day break of Instagram I realized that it's 
so just like a hobby for me and it's not performative at all and so everything that once mattered to me I just now see with such different view Mm -hmm. like food freedom when we always like when you initially thought of food freedom I know for me I just thought like oh my god I get to eat cupcakes and pizza and I'll get to like have my mom's homemade meals with my family and stuff I just thought like food freedom was oh my god I get I get to eat food that I like am restricting myself of and I think that's what a lot of people in their mind think of food freedom as but from finding food freedom I think I mean, I've seen you live a freer life in so many aspects. And so it's not that you get to eat the cake on your birthday, but it's the fact that your family got to celebrate your birthday with you and have that cake and you were present for it. And it's not that you got to go out and have those milkshakes with your mom. It's not that you got to drink the milkshake. It's that you got to have that experience with your mom. And it was like such a happy experience. And it's like, we don't realize what I like to say is food, not having food freedom is a cock block to your happiest life. It's not about the pizza you get to eat. It's about the fact that you get to be sitting on, I'll always refer to this example. You get to be sitting on the beach with your best friend, eating pizza, not thinking about the pizza or the calories, but thinking about the conversation in the moment. And I think from I mean, just talking to you and seeing you, that is what you have found to be the most beautiful thing about food freedom. Yes, and also in a way, like, it has impacted so many of my relationships. I really struggled with friendships and with family relationships when I was going through my own, my eating disorder. Um, And it was hard to admit that it does affect people around me, but it does, as I've seen, like, my I have my mom I'm able to show up and just be with my mom and be with my friends and just like I actually get to enjoy spending time with them and food freedom is so much more than I get to have a milkshake it's I'm focused on the conversation and that's what I remember rather than the calories in a milkshake or the macros or the way I feel my body because all I feel is like the happiness from the moment Mm-hmm. And that, I just, I love that because I just, that's what I want for everyone. That's what I want everyone to realize what food freedom really is. And we talk about food freedom because it's not that you get to, again, drink the milkshake. It's that you get to drink the milkshake and you don't think about the calories and you are there with your mom and you are present and you get a memory and you get a moment and you get brain space and the, the conversation, like your relationships, like you said, are so much deeper we don't realize how much having a negative relationship with food impacts our relationships because it's like this block of like, oh, my friends asked me to go to pizza. Well, I can't go. Or I can go and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to overanalyze the menu or I'm going to think about the calories the whole time and I'm not going to be present for the conversation. So yeah, I can go, but am I really there? And food freedom gives you the freedom to really be there which also gives you the freedom to form such deeper connections in your life. Exactly. Because when you're, I noticed in high school when I was just sitting there, like overanalyzing the menu and doing that, it was so off. Even if I could go out with my friends, it was so awkward because, um, like 
sometimes they knew something was wrong, but they weren't sure if they wanted to say anything or not. And then I was also, and then I also became that girl that always ordered a salad. And it was just such a like small life to live. And I never remembered like the actual celebration or what, um, what I was doing that day. I only remember how I felt about the food when looking back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that is how food freedom just gives you, that is how literally food freedom is life freedom. And I watched you gain that and I watched you live it. And I do remember too, there were times where you were so afraid of the weight gain that you felt would come from it. But watching you embrace that food freedom didn't really mean weight gain. It meant life gain. It has been also the coolest thing to see. And the more I went through food freedom, the less fear I felt actually towards weight gain. That at the beginning, it does feel uncomfortable, but I was a lot more afraid of weight gain when I was in my eating disorder then when I started to really embrace that the body I was in wasn't serving my life and that even if I did miss my body at times, I didn't miss my life and I had to realize and accept that I couldn't have both at once. Mm-hmm. And, so, yeah. what are you saying? Oh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> You go. You go. So what I was going to say is just, I know there's a lot of people out there who are fearing giving themselves food freedom or giving themselves this permission to let go of these rules and strict things and mindsets and whatever that they have around food. So, and I know you were there once too, being so fearful. So what would be like your biggest words of advice for someone that was in that position? I think my biggest piece of advice was for so long, I was waiting for a time where I wouldn't be, where I wouldn't be afraid or I would feel ready. And you're eating, um, you're never going to not feel afraid if you keep doing this, um, if you keep following the food rules. And that the only way out is through, like you have to just feel the fear and do it anyways and accept that things are going to change and it it will feel uncomfortable at times, but the benefit of it is so much more than any discomfort. Yes. I love that too, because that's also something I preach and that we've talked about so much is that, yeah, guess what? It will feel uncomfortable the first time that you eat a full day's worth of eating and then your friend spontaneously asks you to go out to ice cream and you say yes to go have those memories. Like that's going to feel uncomfortable at first. But the more you do things like that, the more you allow yourself to have that freedom, the freer you will feel and the less uncomfortable it will be. And so like you said, the only way is through and there will never be a time where you feel like I am fully ready. Because as we, I'm sure both know, you will always convince yourself tomorrow I'll be ready. Tomorrow I'll be ready. Okay, tomorrow's the day I really am listening to my hunger and I'm not letting my food rules dictate me or whatever it is. But you just have to decide right now is the moment that I am saying yes to the spontaneous plan that I, that freaks me out that I might gain weight and eat more calories. Or right now is the moment that I am eating this cookie that I want. Or right now is the moment that I'm hungry before my normal lunchtime. So I'm allowing myself to eat that. 
to eat lunch earlier than normal. Exactly. It's that I am going to do it afraid, even if um, I, even if sometimes I don't even know the outcome. Like sometimes I used to think like this challenge has to be worth it and it has to be like the best challenge. But sometimes like any, I realize like any challenge of the eating, eating disorder or challenging your food rules is worth it in itself because you are taking you one step closer to um, food freedom. And one thing I, I realized I had changed so much when I was buying new jeans um, and I had to go up a size. And instead of being so crushed, I said, well, this does feel uncomfortable, but it's good because I'm challenging my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. So when you think of fears to freedom, obviously the name of my podcast, the name of our work that we did together, everything, like what does that really mean to you? I feel like it means at the heart of like food rules or at the heart of an eating disorder is so much fear. And I think that's why when people say like, just eat, it's like, feel so invalidating because it's like, if I could, I would, but I'm just so afraid. And it's like, I loved your concept of the bridge that you start on one end of fear and you end at freedom is it really does feel like crossing a path and slowly going from a place of fear to breaking the fears and then eventually breaking your way into freedom. And freedom just means like so much more than food freedom and mm-hmm. freedom from my eating disorder. It's also just been freedom to show up as me, freedom to have confidence to rush a sorority or freedom to have confidence to publish a book and let things be good in my life. And it was so much that came from a fear of everything and my eating disorder, not just food, not just weight gain, but a fear of driving, a fear of failure, a fear of literally everything too. Of judgment from others, of of not being good enough, of all of those things, a fear of showing up to life as you. And, and it does feel scary because you look back and you see like what if things were better over there but you realize like the more I um cross a bridge like the more little gems I got on the bridge not that this is a game but like what little um benefits I got of recovery and I was like this is so much more worth it and life was is so much better when I show up as myself and I embrace who I am fully and that to me is really what freedom is is embracing who you are fully and I have seen you fully do that and it has been the most beautiful thing to just watch you transform like I literally think of like a caterpillar who's in its little cocoon and then she breaks free and turns into the butterfly who's like flying on her own in her own wings and you have just fully embraced freedom so honestly like like we talked about fear is at the is at the base of freedom but you have to walk the path you have to walk past those fears to get to the side of freedom and you have done it you have done you have done everything and you have literally chosen to create this life because you have 
you recognize that although it was scary, it's so much more worth it than to spend your life overanalyzing every little piece of food that you put into your mouth or tearing yourself apart because your genes went up a size. Like you have embraced freedom so much and so many good things. Like you said, I want to reiterate, like you said, it wasn't just food. It was you became so much more comfortable in who you were as a person and showing up to life and speaking your mind, writing your Instagram captions in such a beautiful way. I feel like your writing has even transformed because you're more confident and writing a book, like writing and publishing, self-publishing a book, rushing for a sorority. Like before you had this overall freedom in your life, you lived in the fear of all these things. And like I did too. I, I feared not being good enough. I feared so many things. And you walk the path to freedom and you have become a freer version of yourself in all aspects, not just food. And sometimes it's, I get taken aback by it because I published my book and I've gotten so such like rave reviews about it. And I'm like, wait, people actually like this? And I'm like, of course, because my writing has transformed. And that's why I actually called it the Jossa Becoming. And I noticed that um my writing changed so much from when I was in my from the journals I've had um from my eating disorder where you're just filled with pages of I hate everything I hate this I'm so scared to like actually beautiful poetic masterpieces Mm -hmm. so it has been quite the beautiful like storyline it's just been so cool to just watch you literally go from fears to freedom and you have embodied everything that i believe that fears to freedom means and loving yourself fully and showing up as yourself fully and it's just been so cool to watch you and i honestly am like so honored that i got to like hold your hand through it because you did all this work but i just like got to be there for you and like that to me i'm just grateful for i'm grateful that i got to see it um, but this has been an awesome, awesome episode, but is there anything, any like last words you have for anyone listening or where can we find you and all of that? You can find me on Instagram at Lucy underscore shedding underscore layers. And, um, my book is on Amazon. Um, I'll link it below. I will leave the link below. And, um, my last where it is, there was, there is a reason that if you open the book and read acknowledgments, that Allie is the first, she's literally the first person I acknowledged and one of the only people to get an entire paragraph. So, and it's because, like, I realized, like, how much I was capable of through working with her and it was honestly the most life transforming experience and it's something that really took me from a place of like quasi recovery to to, like a sustainable full recovery and it has been so beautiful to watch it has just been amazing also one thing i do want to add is that your name changed from what was it before lucy on instagram oh yes um, my recovery Instagram journey has been quite, it was originally, I had a first account a while back and then it was not a recovery account. It was like a botched recovery account. And I tried but when to we get, started working together. It was, what was it? Lucy recovers. 
Yes. Was Lucy but then one, so why I want to say this is because you change it to Lucy shedding layers. And because that is another thing that we talked about is like how, when you transform from fears to freedom, you shed so many layers of who you thought you had to be, of who you thought you should be of this version of yourself that you have made up in your mind. And that is embodying freedom is shedding the layers and the masks that you once wore to embody your freest self. And so that is also because you said Lucy shedding layers. I totally forgot that we didn't even talk about shedding layers, but that is one of the most beautiful things is when you shed layers of all the things that aren't yours to carry or that don't serve you, that's when you become your freest self. So again, this yeah. has been a great I, episode. Yeah. yeah, you can wrap up. I was going to say, any last words from you, Lucy? <laughs> and I really feel like, too, I need a shedding layer, Lucy shedding layers, because I really feel like the eating disorder was like this, like all these layers around me. Then when I peeled everything back, I really got the decorous version of myself. And to me, that was a pro thing I loved the most about recovery is that I was through shedding layers, getting to me. That was bringing myself back to me. Yes, back home. The journey back home. Furious to Freedom is the journey back home. And I am so honored to have watched you become or be a part of it. So thank you for being here with us today. And for this episode, it was amazing. I will have Lucy's book in her Instagram linked below. If you are struggling with food, she, or if you're struggling with an eating disorder, she is someone, her Instagram is really inspiring and really helpful and she writes beautifully. So you should check her out and I will see you guys next time on Fears to Freedom Radio. Okay, you guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, I just want to leave you with the fact that this type of transformation is possible for you. Um, and honestly, like I just feel so honored that Fears to Freedom could help someone in this way. And like I said, the transformation was all the fact that Lucy chose to transform herself, but she had the support in the container to do so. And I just think it's, it's so beautiful to see. So I do want you to know that if you are struggling, I am here for you. And there will be a whole group of girls who are there for you too, to help you on your journey to finding the freedom that you deserve in that the life that you deserve. So I will link everything in the show notes of how you can sign up for Fears to Freedom, learn more about it, get on a call with me so we can see if the program is the right fit for you. Um, and yeah, also sorry about the audio. I had no Wi-Fi. And so when we were recording this, it was just a little choppy, but yeah. Um, if you would like to find out more about Fears to Freedom, also you can send me a DM, like I'm always there, email me, but all the links will be in the show notes and the links to Lucy's Instagram and book. So without further ado, like I like to say now, <laughs> I'll talk to you next time with love, Alexandra.